0: You are listening to Trials Talk with Chris and Kyle on the Sidious Mag podcast presented by Tracksmith. We're super excited to partner with Tracksmith, an independent running brand fueled by a deep love of the sport. They celebrate the amateur spirit and seek to inspire the personal pursuit of excellence. Tracksmith is pleased to be supporting 30 Olympic trials qualifiers in Eugene, including athletes across 14 different disciplines as part of their amateur support program. So here's a special offer for our listeners over the next couple days. Check out Tracksmith's Essentials for Racing and Training, including the Strata Kits that their trials athletes are racing in this week at tracksmith.com slash Sidious. You can use code Sidious to receive 10% off any order until the last day of the trials, which is June 27th. That's right, 10% off any order through the last day of the trials using code Sidious. Now, let's get right into the biggest performances and surprises with me, your host Chris Chavez, and my co host Kyle Merber. Day two, live from the Tracksmith House here in Eugene, Oregon. It's your host Chris Chavez alongside. Kyle Merber eating some uh, some chips I think one last bite one last bite people are going to hate that but the
1: height of professionalism
0: (laughs) and there he is it's David Mellie who has jumped on the podcast to deliver us some hot takes for this episode because yeah that's what you're here for
1: there's one thing I'm an expert in it's women's discus and And let's lead it off
0: let's go that was the first one of the two finals on the day I like that we start off with throws that is the staple of track talk I think. We're going to only start off with throws. Throws talk. Throws talk. I was going to say field talk. Uh, So, David,
1: tell us what happened in the discus. Well, uh, it was a big moment for the Tracksmith crew as we sent our first American Olympian uh, to Tokyo with the third place finisher, Rachel. And I'm going to butcher this last name, Dinkoff, I believe it is. That sounded pretty good. Mm hmm. It's always good to hedge your bets a little. Um, She threw great, threw over 60 meters. She was in fourth place going into the fifth round, and then she launched one and made the podium, which was very exciting. And although she did not throw the Olympic standard in the final, she does have the standard. Um, Mm -hmm. More excitingly from that, for sort of the general track and field fans... Uh, Valerie Allman threw, uh, I believe, 69-9 was her winning throw. Four of her six throws were over 68 meters, and the disc is a hard event to not foul in, so being consistently inbounds and consistently far is critical. The Americans have not had a medalist in the discus since 2008, mm. and she is currently the world number two right now, so it's I love, a,
2: I love that that is like a drought. In the us like <laughs> we have gone it's been a while to Olympics without a medalist, like we are due yeah but it's, it's, it's
0: like that in multiple events, I think the same exact thing happened in the hundred we're the best yeah,
1: yeah, but it, it, it was very exciting she's she's consistent and she's consistently good, and so I think as the the whatever throw fans are in the sitwick community are very buoyed by the fact that she's kind of been on her game right now and Um, Hopefully will be a a metal threat. Well,
0: we're recording this in front of a live audience here at the Tracksmith House So let's give it up for Rachel who was the first Tracksmith (laughs) Olympia That that sounds so much louder when it's just audio So It's gonna be great when when people get to listen to this uh, the next morning, but uh, Thanks for that report. There's so much going on on the track that I didn't have my eyes on, on the discus as, as much.
1: but The nice uh, thing was where I was sitting in the stands, the discus throwers were throwing right at me. So I really? felt very, it was like one of those 3D movies where they sort of deliberately put things in front of the screen to look like they're coming at you. That was what the discus was for me. Is which, that is that chaser of steeples on
0: on Twitter? Ah, you oh, gotta yeah. throw him right at that guy. Well, the nice
1: thing, it is nice. My sincere take is that it is really nice that the new Hayward Field has the the field events you know front and center. Yeah, on the infield. it's
2: it's definitely getting its fair share of attention, mm-hmm. and you know I the shot put obviously was super exciting but Val was an entertainer
0: out there yeah oh
1: she's so fun to watch and also this was is- was I believe unsponsored
0: last year and picked up a, a contract during the pandemic and has since broken the American record a couple times
2: I'll give a shout out to Asics. six yeah let them know that we
1: see them Nyack we hear you she's, yeah uh, well supported now I'll just say you know putting putting the sitwits on notice here like, get into the field events man they're so fun to watch it's a super underrated event uh group i guess and and all of the field events are super high quality in the trials and there's plenty more to come so
0: i'm putting it out there we need a shop put podcast <laughs> wow do we know anyone who knows anything
2: about shopput i if heard you, a rumor if, on if, the last uh
0: <laughs> <laughs> trials dispatch if you're a shopputter who's out there who has a thing for podcasting get in touch and we'll make it happen
2: yeah i you know i think uh there is definitely a market for that and mm-hmm. that's you know CityS needs to expand. You, you know, a whole new market out there of throwers. Bring them into the fam.
1: World Love takeover, it.
2: baby.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm writing a book with with a shot putter. It's the second time. Second I'm plug it for the but, book. Yeah.
1: The <laughs> book better fucking come out. Because <laughs> now plugged it twice. Yeah,
0: he's on page three. <laughs> no, a little bit more than that. Okay. I think. Um. Anyway, so actually, we started off yesterday talking about the throws but then we got into
1: our first impressions of the new Hayward Field. David, what are your thoughts? It's great. I I've only been to Hayward once before for uh NCAA's 2017, but it's it's just a super enjoyable experience. Um it's obviously, you know, always always a little different with COVID, um but the nice thing is that it appears that uh the the bulk of the track and field crowd is vaccinated, which is mm-hmm is always good. And it's just such a good, it's both an enormous stadium and incredibly intimate because everything is really happening right in front of you. And no matter what event is going on, you have a pretty decent vantage from wherever you're sitting, which is, you know, easier said than done from an architectural standpoint. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely uh, been a great, great spectator experience so far.
0: All right, so let's get into the races that took place on the track. Uh, The first one, I think, up was the women's 100-meter hurdles. Not too, too many surprises there. I think one of the things that I noted was that Dawn Harper Nelson, uh, who was actually like one of the – got a lot of press, I would say, in the last couple months just because she decided to come out of retirement, is uh, trying to make her first Olympic team as a mother – 2008 olympic gold medalist 2012 olympic silver medalist and i mean got in i guess on a technicality it's like that medal uh, rule eight in usatf yeah won a medal yeah and so she won the medal at 2017 worlds gold uh got in this time around doesn't have didn't really have it i guess in the first round of qualifying got bounced and so uh that Olympic hope is is done for her, but other than that, Kenny Harrison looked phenomenal. The world record holder looked so smooth. Dominated her. He yeah.
2: just really was able to kind of basically shut it down. I mean, Jaren twelve four nine, which uh, I think her season's best is like right around there. Not quite the twelve two yet, but the, you know, for a prelim, just it's about survive and advance. She did that very very easily. Mm-hmm. And when I'm looking like long term towards the
0: Olympics, which Obviously, that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she's looking primed. This is the event that they swept the medals in, you know, just five years ago, and so there is kind of like that expectation. I don't quite know if it's as deep. Like if I'm assessing the field, like it was much more unpredictable five years ago. This time around, I look, I see Kenny Harrison, very clear cut favorite, who was sixth five years ago and missed. Missed the Olympics, then went on, I think, a couple weeks later to break the world record as kind of like her redemption move. Uh, the only person from that 2016 team who will be in the final is Brianna McNeil, uh, who has a very interesting yeah, case.
1: Controversial. Controversial, yeah. I,
0: I think I told you to stop stirring up trouble, Chris.
2: Uh, you know, in the middle of the day when you were telling everyone about it. But no, it's important to talk about it. I she, think so. I mean, she's
1: really bad at telling World Athletics or World uh, WADA where she is at any given time.
0: It, it's another one, <laughs> one of those cases of the of the whereabouts failures. The, uh, Multiple she,
1: whereabouts failures.
0: The first time around, served a suspension. That's why she missed 2017 Worlds. This time around, gets a five year ban. And part of it, it was because she tampered in the process, um, which the details around have not been disclosed just yet. There's, she's got a hearing bef- with Cass, and that decision is going to be made in the next couple weeks. So th- the, the reason I, I brought it up on Twitter was because it's very interesting if she occupies one of the three spots um, in the final because obviously then you go on to do a victory lap and three people are gonna get handed flags. But if Cass decides in the, next, in the weeks that follow that hey, they're gonna uphold her suspension, then she's out for Tokyo. And that fourth place person isn't gonna have that moment. And there was a big fuss about possibly letting Shelby Houlihan run in the 1500 because she was that good. And probably could have secured one of the top three spots in the women's 1500. Not as much fuss, I think, this time around with Brianna McNeil. I guess it is because the appeal is still going to Cass, whereas Shelby had already lost her appeal. So there are some differences, but just, I guess, maybe I'm not following the right people and I don't follow as many sprints people, but not as much a, of a commotion about something like this where it, that fourth place finisher might be in a really hard place, I think, after this.
1: I was paying very close attention to her announcement mm-hmm. when she was on the starting line. I wanted to see... I, I'm I always a fan of a, a vocal crowd, and I was, I was wondering if she would get booze. Um, she didn't, from what I can tell. Um, she did not get, what I would say, the fanfare that the reigning Olympic champion would maybe command under different circumstances. But I was very interested to hear sort of how... How the Hayward uh, fans would react to her. Everyone is on the starting line.
2: Everyone is so knowledgeable and tuned in, you know, to what's going on. And you hear that in the crowd. But just to twist, if we can go back to some positives here. Anna Cockrell of USC. I was just about to mention her. She's awesome. She was a 400 hurdler for a really long time. And she still does it here and there. But, like, it definitely seems like the 100 hurdles is becoming her new event. And she looked fantastic today. She has... Just on a roll, and I think someone, when we're saying, I think we might look back with some level of, like, 2020 vision, um, you know, in whenever the Olympics are, and be like, wow, okay, we saw this all happening now, and now it makes sense that she was at that level.
1: Well, and I think that, you know, the the three elephants in the room for her, the fact that the 400 hurdles from from most people's perspective is so... Locked down right now with those top three spots being pretty Mm -hmm. much, you know, spoken for more than almost any other event. The other thing I'll say about her that I just think is so awesome and worth mentioning is that she's a really vocal advocate for mental health wellness. And she talks a lot about, um, you know, the importance of, you know, getting help for anxiety and managing your mental wellness the same way you would your physical well-being and they they did a great spot about her and um the ncaa coverage but she's for for years now been been really vocal about the importance of um student athletes especially getting uh you know mental health services in addition to all the physical health Mm -hmm. services they get through their teams so just like a really great awesome presence to have in the in the field
0: I misspoke before. Christy Caslin actually did make it through to the uh, semifinal, and she was one of the Olympic medalists uh, in Rio. Um, but yeah, I know it'll just. I, I'm. I'm just very curious as to how the news around Brianna McNeil possibly making this team is going to be handled, and so it's just now we're in a little bit of a wait and see uh, position for that. Um, after that, the next you know, event on the track was the men's hundred where we got to see <sighs> Trayvon Burmel Yeah. making a nine, eight, four look really easy
1: and started looking around with 10 meters to go. Dude. He's such a, like, it's so funny. Cause there is this, you know, we love narratives in the sport and he's in lane nine, uh, Gatlin's in lane one. And there's just like this total, like angel and devil thing going on where, you know, he's totally in many people's eyes you know, this good guy of the sport who's going to save us all and be this, you know, clean savior. Um, hopefully one day I don't eat my words. But It's kind
0: of like the uh, the narrative that was very driven by Bolt versus Gatlin a couple of years back. It's very, very, uh, on Gatlin's side, I guess, complex because the man did serve his time twice. But, twice? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there are those feelings that are still harbored. It's interesting when you brought up the reception to Brianna McNeil in the hurdles because I was very curious how it would have been handled with Gatlin. He's only ever gotten, I think, positive receptions here in the states. But I remember
1: 2017; he was booed. He was they booed are on the podium. Brutal, yeah, to him elsewhere. Well, and that's we'll we'll get to this a little later. But the uh, the ongoing drama between Shakari Richardson and the British press whenever she goes overseas is very interesting in terms of the. Different ways that the American track and field media covers the sport versus the international field,
0: also I'm pretty sure it's Shakari Shakari because I, I, I I'm not going to name names, but there was an interaction very funny that I witnessed after uh, she's on her victory lap someone who was in near me. Uh, calls out to her name names. And no, I'm not going to it's it's too much. <laughs> We're
1: gonna be here for two hours if this is the pace We go through ever so. and,
0: <laughs> and They said shikari Great job. And she just looks and says it's shikari and I was like, oh my god uh, That's such a great response yeah. um, but alright, so let's let's kind of like okay speed it up then Trayvon Burmel looked great unbelievable Kenny
2: I think it's pronounced bannerick is so underrated and underappreciated how well he is running, and it is because of the JUCO thing. Justice for JUCO. Justice for JUCO, make t-shirts, Chris, get get on it. Justice for JUCO athletes. We don't ever consider them until they're just the best in the country, Mm -hmm. but even still apparently.
0: He's my pick in the two hundred. I think two hundred looks yeah. like a much, you know, safer option for him. He but was further back in the in, in the results here. Got the win, or no, no, that did was he? the yeah. He got no. the he got oh, he the win today the over uh, both Isaiah Young and Craven Gillespie.
2: That's the best heat today in the prelims for sure. And they're the only ones I believe who ran into a headwind. So ignore the times. The wind was all over the place today. Uh, you know Trayvon Bramell ran nine eight, but that was with a huge tailwind. It was changing. It was gusting. Every single heat was different. So I'm just saying we don't appreciate him. I was looking at how many Instagram followers he has. What is going on? Everyone needs to wake up. Not enough. We need, like, way
0: more. Not enough. Uh, Fred Curley. <laughs> he uh, looked so far third fastest time of the day, 993. It looks like the decision so far to opt out of the 400 into this is is okay for now. But I'm still concerned it's he's got to do I think a little bit more to separate himself from you know Trayvon Merrill, Ronnie Baker even maybe Gatlin and no Lyles the for the 100 200 double he's got to close better in the final. This was a good hundred for him.
1: He looked and- okay in the start. I will say I was paying very close attention to that because you know once once he hits top speed very few people can touch him and it's all in that first 50 mm-hmm. meters and he looked. Better than he's looked in some of his early season races. So it would be interesting to see how he carries out through the rounds. Those
2: three were well and clear the rest of the field. Like, they were all getting big cues. And so it wasn't as much urgency to close it down quite as hard as he needed to. I think he's going to sharpen as the week goes up, Mm -hmm. is my prediction. I think by the time we see the final of the 200, we're going to see Noah Lyles that we know.
0: The only thing we have to touch on on the women's semi from the hundred is the fact that Sh- uh, Shikari, no, Shakari Richardson didn't run through the line and still ran 1064 with a uh, 2.6 uh, o- meter per second. Wind. Not
1: only did she not run through the line, she pointed, pointed at the That's clock the, that was the best she part. was finishing.
2: I mean, and she ran in every lane. She was cutting across yeah. into lane three very hard. I was kind of nervous. Apparently, it's not as big of a deal in a Jeez. straight, as long as you don't interfere, but uh, I was looking around. I looked at I the line, to, yeah. Yeah, it was close. She was definitely, she, thankfully, no one else next to her was running quite as fast. I,
0: Otherwise, I we might have
1: had the an rules, issue. I believe in the, the rules in the straight away yeah. events are that if you don't impede someone, they're they're more generous with the lane violations. I will say... Are we, are we coming back to the final? Or we yeah, we'll come back to the final. We'll go,
0: we'll, okay. we'll, we'll go chronological. We gotta I, keep the people. I got 10. some
1: thoughts. Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: We have we had two big
2: knockouts from that specific heat, both in Tiana Bartoleta and Cambria Sturgis.
0: Yeah, Sturgis was one of my picks to make the team and just didn't have it. Eleven oh five was her best time in the semi and now i'm averaging one pick per day uh I'm, I'm i believe i might be last in our expert picks do you know anything about track and field chris i just love it that's all i know
1: <laughs> he knows a, a <laughs> lot about podcasting and a little about track yeah.
2: he knows how to use GarageBand better than us that's
0: fair you know what's crazy is that i think if i broke five for minutes for the mile i might be better at predicting 100 <laughs> yeah converts uh, uh he the heat two winner
2: javen oliver looked amazing in the semis i called her today. to make the team not gonna name names but someone in the house was like who and i it was just get get out you don't pay attention to track and field clearly because okay. she's I, hot right i now.
1: will say i was not asked to do the expert picks because i'm not an expert but uh, one of my picks <laughs> Aliyah hobbs had quite a bit of drama in the semis as she got dq'd fall started um Based on our vantage point, it looked like part of why she fall started is because Gabby Thomas, to her right, flinched but did not leave the blocks, and so I imagine that was kind of the basis of her protest to get into the final, which was successful. They did run a nine woman final, and although it did not go her way, um, you know, it it was quite the the roller coaster for Leah Hobbs in in uh, the final and the semi today.
0: When uh, you said from our vantage point, what are you talking about there? where, were oh, we're, we're where me and my friends were sitting oh, in, okay. uh, uh,
1: we're, we were on basically what the formerly the, <laughs> the curve I have other friends Kyle that, okay
2: that's crazy yeah. yeah, have you seen his tweets <laughs>
1: um, the the, former, the curve formerly known as Bowerman was where we were mm, sitting and okay. uh, it gave us a great vantage point for, for kind of the starting line of the hundred not the finish line so much
0: all right I'm never getting invited back women's 1500 meter semifinals again this was one where there could have been some big people knocked out not the women the seven women who walked into this with the olympic standard advanced and uh no major surprises in my opinion i think well how did everyone look what would you say who was the big takeaway Uh, So, well, Ellie cruised to a 409, pulled away from the field, and it just held on the entire time. Jenny and Danny Aragon, that's, like, you know, maybe a budding rivalry for the next couple—for one more round. Yeah, I mean,
2: what a great rivalry to have for Danny, you know? Start mixing up with Jenny a bit, but she's coming on—I mean, go back in time six weeks and tell me that— Danny's gonna look this good. I would be, you know, I wouldn't believe it. But every single time we see her, she looks better and better and better.
0: The first sign was the Trials of Miles of New York City meet. Yeah, that was the breakout for sure. And then from there, I think it's it's been a really good progression. Maybe we end up with two former Notre Dame uh, stars on uh, the Olympic team. She does not have the standard. Uh, she's one of the few in the final. Okay, that will so not have it. Here's here's something that you can kind of like lend us some sort of insight. How did those conversations take place behind the scenes among people who don't have the standard going into uh, the final? Because it, it happens. It happened in twenty twelve, I believe, with Jordan McNamara and some other guys. Uh, is it something that's like openly spoke of and how they're going to handle it, and then from there, everyone gets on the same page? Yeah, that does happen. Okay.
2: And as I look through the list real quick, uh, Heather, Rebecca, Danny, Julia, Grace.
1: Danny Jones do not have the standard unlike 2012. However, it's my understanding that USATF this year is respecting the world ranking system and that if somebody does have the adequate ranking, they will be selected for team USA. I don't know where Danny falls in that. She would not get
2: in right now, but they also are allowing uh, you to chase until mm -hmm. June 29th. And there is a race, the McKenzie invitation on Tuesday Tuesday.
0: So there's Danny there is a chance. Oregon. So I'll run. Uh, let me quickly run through like what the women who don't have the standard, their world ranking is. Danny Jones is 38th. Grace Barnett is 254th. So it, she's gonna need the uh, the standard. Julia uh, Haymock is 165. Gonna need the standard. Danny Aragon is 41st, sitting in a good spot.
2: Oh, I did not realize she was quite hmm. that high.
0: Uh, Rebecca Meira is 73rd. She's going to probably need to, to to run the standard. Heather McLean, 29th. That's a really good spot to be in. Um, and so it's going to be a 13-woman final after, uh, at first I learned through sources that uh, Heather McLean protested and then got into uh, the final after uh, it first, she was initially knocked out because they only take, Two, I think uh, time qualifiers and And she was I I will
1: will say there's definitely some uh, some disclosures needed here Heather is a very good friend of mine (laughs) Kyle trains with Danny we're all big fans and friends with Nikki Hiltz There's a lot of uh, personal stakes in this final Um, There are three Bostonians in the final I will say Uh, the East Coast is comporting itself very well And you're like a Jenny Simpson stan I love, I'm a genuine like day one fan of Jenny Simpson, but I will say if, uh, when push comes to shove, uh, if we're sending a, an Olympic team of, uh, Ellie Purrier, Helen Schlachtenhofen and, uh, Heather McLean to Tokyo, I will set aside my Jenny Simpson fandom.
2: Okay. I have so many things to say where to start. First off, I feel like I'm the only one who ever talks about the, the difference that East Coast summer makes on their performance at the olympic trials or usa's and we've had a great great season for training the two months leading in here it has been relatively mild in new york in boston and i think we are seeing that i compare that to 2019 late usa's super hot summer everyone did terrible and i think that makes a difference also i want to go back real quick to the rankings 45th I, 45, I believe, gets people in. Mm-hmm. And you take out any more than three from a country. So, you know, if
0: the fourth person who isn't qualifying won't make it. Plus, you have people who are ahead of you who aren't even running that event. So there are – you someone could move up 10-plus spots without you even realizing it. And then finally, if you
2: finish in the top three at the Olympic trials, that will rank you so high, get you so many points because of the category of mm-hmm. the meet.
1: And I think that's the answer to Chris's initial question, which is that your strategy as a runner going into the final still top is three. Top three. That's it. All of that other stuff goes by the wayside when the race actually happens, and you're just out there to race. You know, you can't, uh, unless you're in some sort of exceptional circumstances where you're way fitter than the field and haven't proven it, you can't be the one to make the the race fast. If you don't have the standard, you Mm -hmm. just got to go out there. That's the difference from
2: 2016 and 2016, you needed to have the standard. You couldn't chase. There was no rankings or anything. And that's why races would get moving early from those athletes that do not have the standard. Now you just have to finish top three. But if I'm just making predictions, if you're Ellie per St. Pierre, you are not letting this go slow. You are the fastest, strongest, best athlete, on paper, in the field, you do not want to let this come down to the final two hundred meters. You just make this honest. You go do it. And the worst case scenario, is one person sits on you, out kicks you, and you're going to Tokyo.
1: And this is also it should be noted that she was in a slow prelim. Do you know what she closed in 203, 203 in her yeah. last eight hundred? and I, and I will that. say, um, she's been. I think a more interesting question for Ellie right now is not can she make the team. It's if she went to Monaco right now and got in a rabbited diamond league race, how fast could she go? Because do you think it's faster than the American record? <sighs> I wouldn't be surprised. I think um, from what I've heard from from sources, apparently sources are very big sources today. are big. Sources are, big. Um,
0: sources are saying is going to be the name of this episode. Yeah,
1: I mean, she's she- even as much success as she's had in the past couple of years, I think she still has not hit the top of her bounce. And I think. No, I agree. 100%. It's, it's going to be just incredible to watch her the rest of the summer. And a lot of people don't know this, but she is from
2: Vermont and she grew up <laughs> on a, a dairy, dairy farm.
0: farm. I got to say, though, like having a cheese sponsorship and being sponsored by like Got Milk, that's baller. Oh, yeah. Pretty awesome.
1: And Oakley's. You know, she's got yeah. the big three. The, <laughs> the shades are unbelievable.
0: I will say the most impressive person out of this round, if we're not going to spend too much more time on this, uh, Nikki Hiltz looked great. Posted the fastest time of the day, 405.87, got in great position. Uh, four of, afterwards, in the virtual mix zone, they had asked her uh, sort of, it's like, oh, what well, went into sort of the, the change in your coach? Uh, from, you know, having made a world championship final in 2019 and now all of a sudden working with the Mac Fleet, the two time uh, NCAA champion who uh, is part of the Sidious Mag and Tracksmith uh, prediction contest every day. It's left she said, without us just now while we recorded this podcast. He's, he's not with us right now. So she said that they uh, said they said, I'm so sorry, I've been tripping up um, that. They're in the best shape of their life, and they predict it's going to take a uh, sub-four to make this team, which I would have thought that would have been the case for sure if Shelby was in the race. Maybe not so now, but Nikki has a lot of confidence right now that they're in
1: the best shape of their
0: life, and part of it goes to, you know, Max work with her.
1: Yeah, and I think I will... I will make a prediction. So the other, you know, obviously X factor in this is that um, despite having made the past 11 worlds teams, uh, Jenny Simpson was something of an X factor going into this uh, championship. And she's looked like herself the past couple rounds. So I think that she's, you know, very much going to be a factor in the final. I had a
0: drafted tweet ready kind of just I, I do it for like a lot of different stats but i was trying to think of like when's the last time a us championship didn't have jenny and it would have been 2013 no 2013 when she in in the 1500 meter final uh, it was been 2013 when she elected to go with a 5k at USA's because she already had the buy. But before that it was 2010 when she was still.
1: Oh no, that year she was just super hurt. So it's been over a decade. That's a long tweet. Yeah, the last world's <laughs> team without Jenny was 2005. I will also say, I think the way I'll call it now. Sub-4 is a bold pick. I think it'll depend on the conditions. It's also supposed to be 95 degrees on Monday. so Good for the
0: sprinters, better for the distance runners. Yes.
1: I will say, I think the way the race will play out on Monday is that, as I think Kyle said, you know, Ellie's going to lead a sort of long, hard charge from two laps out to the finish. She's going to take people with her. Folks who have that sort of, um, you know, top-end speed in that last 200, I think a lot of the people who can grind from two laps out aren't going to want to put it down that late so i think that we're going to see we're going to see a pack with 400 to go but there's going to be a concerted effort to ratchet the the pace down uh from from two or three laps out and it's going to be a fast final that's for
2: sure as the resident 1500 expert here i just want to point out a couple Uh, things
1: kyle i've run 348 you would get the steeplechase (laughs) expert what do I, I get get? To be, what do I get, Kyle? You're the actual journalist.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the revealing thing about the semifinals is that there was nothing that revealing. And I think the reason why that is is because the top six or seven athletes were able to cruise so easily through. And we don't know. Uh, you know, we haven't even mentioned Corey McGee, who's looked great. And if I can give—if Corey just waits to the last hundred, just— Corey, we love you. Just wait. Just wait. Listen to the pod, Corey. Because Corey looks so good right now. And the fact that we're not talking about her, I think, is
0: representative of the fact that just multiple athletes have looked really good top athletes. It's going to be a total FU moment when like Shannon Osika makes this team and we didn't even talk about her once. So. Well, can I just say Sinclair Johnson's <laughs> name real quick? I just want to get Sinclair Johnson's name on the table. Well, and this
1: is, so this is why I think there we go. All right, I we think the hard name, the final is going to be fast because I've, you know, I've watched enough women's middle distance running that I know when everybody's going to make their move. Sick and, brag. Yeah. <laughs> dude, love the women's 15, man. But, um, you know, Ellie going to take the lead with two laps to go. Grace Barnett has really uh, demonstrated a penchant for hard, dramatic moves with about 600 to go. Every race Corey's run since 2015, she makes a hard move with 350 to go. And enough of those people are going to be – you know, kind of injecting acceleration into the race, that the race is going to be thinned out by 250 to go, but it's going to be down to the the top, the the cream of the crop, as it mm-hmm. were. You know, there's still going to be people there. There's going to be more than three people in the race with 200 to go, but it's not going to be a sort of you know, drag them out, shoot them down, hunt ten people in the race in the final home stretch. I agree.
0: All right, men's 800. I would say Predictable. No, yeah, no no surprises. It's a little sad to see Eric Swinski didn't come through. Ran 147.45, so no addition, I think, to the Swinski counter there because I think it was counting sub 147. No, it counts everything. It counts everything? Okay. Shout out to David Monty for that. Fastest time of the day, Bryce Hopple, 146 flat. Isaiah Harris, Isaiah Jewett. Uh, Daniel Nixon, Clayton Murphy, Samuel Voles, Donovan Brazier, and Brandon Kidder are your finalists. I piped into the virtual mix zone and asked uh, Donovan Brazier. It took like 145 mid to make the team in 2016. What do you think it's going to take this time around? He said, I'm not going to give a prediction because it was a slow race where he won in 145 something in 2019 uh so he's just prepared for any sort of scenario so to give any sort of you know kind of prediction would be moot and i was like that sounds like a world champion just ready to uh ball
1: out ironically bryce hopwell you said fastest time in the day uh he was maybe the one who looked the worst of all the oh i thought he looked better than the first round i thought so too
0: I thought he was, he I there was a little point of concern maybe after the first round because he hadn't raced in so long, uh, but this time around I think he looked decent. He, I I think with him it's he's had the bad luck of drawing these heats that are just so tightly bunched up where in those last five meters he just has to take that kind of like little extra surge to make sure he gets that top three spot because the top three guys in his heat were separated by uh,
1: point point uh, one eight. Yeah, I would say if I if I had to label the favorites in this race, I'd say it's Harris, Murphy, Brazier, and Hopple. And I would say of those four, he looked the least controlled. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, yeah. But I'm I I think he's still you know I'm still picking him. For I this think team. Isaiah Jewett's gonna try and go go for
0: it from the start. It's it's a, he's a USC yeah, which guy, which is a bad strategy. <laughs> it Dwayne works Sol- at NCAA and Dwayne Sullivan. At NCAA, it's, it's a USC guy thing, I guess. Can I give rapid fire a few takes
2: and see what gets you guys going the most? First off, three collegiates in the final. I believe that's the first time that's happened in many, many, many okay. years. You have to go very far back until the last time that happened. So that's notable. Two, ever since Sacramento, when Clayton Murphy has tried the double of the 815.
0: He has collectively been disrespected and underappreciated. Uh, this time around, he got his first ever win over Donovan Brazier. I just kind of looked, went back to head-to-head. It's a semi, semi do not count. Okay. But yeah,
1: but so he's still- he looks great. He and looks I will cool. say, disrespected is I think an extreme term. We've watched we've watched some trials of miles mates where he he's had good, good races and bad races. I think that's why I yeah. think
0: you can cast some doubt over him.
1: Okay, well,
0: third he- take. <laughs> okay, give me one more take. Third yeah. take,
2: Brandon Kidder. Has Hello. been on one hell of a trajectory. Quietly. Quietly. Uh, really great guy. Ohio- what spikes was he wearing? Raised boy. And he, for I believe, had a surgery of some sort, serious injury. And, I mean, we were in California not very long ago in L.A. at the Sound Running Meet. And he was pacing and not looking great doing it. And all of a sudden, it's like, this is the Brandon Kidder we know. He's back in the final and then my final take is just I want to say Isaiah Harris's name because I really like Zay, and I think that he ran it like a veteran. He hung out in the back until it was time to make his move. He glided right up, did exactly what he needed to do, walked straight off the track. Just want to make sure I say Zay's name because— He listens to the pod, I'm pretty sure. He's uh he's he's my pick to really make this team, if I had to oh, say. Wow. I think he's consistent. As your three— and I just really like Zay.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. We
2: were saying bias early. Biases mm-hmm. earlier. Who's okay?
0: Who's your so you're, Zay's your third. Who's your third? Because Murphy. It, 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 I'm Murphy? boring. Yeah.
1: I think I go Murphy as well. So all right. I, a, the 800's so interesting though. Anything can happen.
0: 400s all chalk. No surprises there. Allison Felix gets her shot at making her fifth Olympic team tomorrow. Uh, but actually, if you really think about it, she posted the sixth fastest time. Heads into the semis. All you need is really top six to make it into the relay pool. So all those, you know, prepackaged you know, NBC specials and or whatever commercials have been prepared for uh, all this, they're going to work. Uh, it's going to be timely. She's going to head to
1: Tokyo. Um, I, I will say I don't need to get into this level of weeds with uh, the, the Sidious audience. But uh, if we really want to get into the sprint, she... She was the sixth fastest time, but she did auto advance. She looked pretty comfortable in that final home stretch. That being said, I think she was the first semi and she did uh, maybe not account for the fact that she's going to get a pretty shitty lane draw in the final. So it'll be interesting Mm -hmm. to see how that factors in.
2: All right, the crowd went
1: so wild for her. Yeah, you want to talk about crowd reaction? I don't. know. Everyone loves Allison Felix.
2: They didn't announce her last, and that's just unfair to everyone who has to go after
1: that's her. That's
0: true. Pat Casey I think had a great tweet where he was like, "Why did Why did she even bother? I think still showing up when she shows up wearing like this Olympic? It's the Olympic rings in a gold necklace, and it's like if you have that, like." just just go on just trail. go on to to the olympics at that point but um men's 400 only big person who didn't you know advance i think was LaShawn Merritt just based off of his like credentials but he hasn't looked like himself in recent years so um the other than that michael cherry posted the fastest time of the day 44 or 5 michael norman and randall frost had like a little bit of a close uh, battle there in the, in their respective heat which I'm I'm ready for that in the final. He
1: always closes late though. He just he did what he always does. He takes it down in the last 50.
2: North Carolina t two guys in the final. We're big North Carolina A&T Trevor Stewart there. I want the 4 by 4 just be the 8 North Carolina oh 18. my gosh that'd be, that'd be amazing yeah that'd probably be... not gonna happen but <laughs> <laughs> maybe two out of four <laughs> Three and then Michael Norman
0: to close it down. hey that's all right that's all right with me Okay, do we,
2: do we have a pick there
0: just official picks? Oh between, uh, between, between Norman, Norman
2: and cherry probably would be oh, the normal win. No, I think it's
0: Norman versus Ross. I would say um, I thought cherry has looked so, so I think that's good. a that's a safe okay, he, top three. Oh, are we gonna count for Hayward magic?
2: Uh, we can definitely account for Hayward Magic. I don't know who you're giving it to. <laughs> who are you sprinkling some Hayward Magic dust on? Well, no,
0: that would be Cherry,
2: because being a former Duck, right? Okay, yeah. I mean, anyone can get some Hayward Magic, Chris. It's not oh, just for, right. SCO go Ducks. Um, Ducks get extra. Elijah Godwin from Georgia did not make the final at mm. NCAAs. He
0: was third at SECs. He is now in the final, and he, like, cruised in. Keep an eye on him. Bryce Edmond, I think, is another one who could be dangerous, but we'll just have to wait and see what he was saving for the final. All right, final event of the day, the women's 100 meters. I didn't think we we're gonna see a world record tonight. The wind readings, I think, were the, the wind was blowing pretty uh, a lot. I think throughout <laughs> the
1: uh, throughout the day. Um the wind was bro- blowing pretty a lot that's what Chris <laughs>
0: Journalism. Yeah, I'm sorry about that one. It's getting late here. Um Shikari Richardson wins in 1086 decides that's not her finish line. She's going to just, you know, keep running, goes jumps over uh the railing, goes into the stands, climbs up, hugs her grandmother and has a really awesome moment, celebrates in her interview with Lewis Johnson afterwards, she reveals that Uh, her biological mother passed away a week ago and that's you know part of why it was really special for her to be with her family right after that race and uh, in the pro series press conference someone had kind of asked her for a little bit more clarity on just like what her grandmother's role was in in her upbringing and she's like she wasn't comfortable sharing that just yet so um, that's what happened and she was electric in her post-race press conference. She was electric all day. And so 1086, I don't think is is uh, is any, you, there's no reason to be disappointed. So, man, the fact that we are not
2: even excited by 1086 anymore is, I think, the a testament mm-hmm. to how well she's running. Also, a huge shout-out for, like, pumping the crowd up at every point Possible that she's on the big screen
0: on uh, before the start of the before
2: race. the start she is telling the crowd to stand up and get loud She's a star. Like she wants the limelight. And I really enjoy that about her. I love that. Like NBC has to have
0: like the bleep button ready right after she crosses oh. the finish line because I think there's a couple of expletives that could yeah. that happen afterwards. And then she jumped into the stadium, into yeah. the stands. Which, like, going up, you know, those concrete steps with a pair of spikes, maybe not, not great. Yeah. Let me just say, you have to be crazy not to be a huge <laughs> Shakari
2: <laughs> Richardson.
0: All right. All right, David. Anyway,
1: <laughs> <what's, laughs> I want. What's what's your deal? I want so badly to like her. She's so watchable. She has, as you said, star quality. She is absolutely everything the sport needs in terms of personality. That being said, her coach is Dennis Mitchell, convicted doper, coach of another convicted doper, Justin Gatlin. She has never had any allegations of, you know, no, never tested positive for anything. But we're judged by the company we keep. And it's just such a bummer. <sighs> Does that the all sport. of a sudden taint the entire Bowerman Track Club for you?
2: Oh, yeah, David. Go on.
1: Answer that question. It, we'll be here for another hour if I if we get into that. But I think the book is not closed. Um, <laughs> okay. wow. You know, nobody on Bowerman has served a band. Um, Dennis Mitchell has served a full band. Um, Justin Gatlin has served two bands. Um, I think, again, I want to like her. I want so badly. Every fiber of my being wants to hold her up as the future of track and field. Do it. (laughs) And it's just, I just, I just really want her to be coached by someone else. It's just hard because it's just, and I think this was, you know, this is a problem for years with the, Relay teams on the Team USA, where they just kept. Well, making yeah, well, they Mitchell dropped the batons. Drop the Well, that too. <laughs> also, bad coaching. To but drop they just batons. kept you hold on making Dennis Mitchell the coach of the relay teams. And it just, it's just, it's so frustrating as a fan of track and field to want us to be able to move yeah. past the perpetual cloud of doping in the sport and to have these shadows lingering over us for even people who themselves maybe don't deserve it, but are in a group that has suspicions around them. And it's the just guilty sucks. by
0: association thing, I think kind of it gets thrown around a lot in track and field, whether it's like, you know, through agents who have multiple people who have, you know, tested positive or, uh, training, training with someone else who's tested positive. I dunno, it, it's tough until you actually get a positive test. I guess, Kyle, like, how do you sort of
2: My thing is until you have, like you get a clean slate tabula of rasa you know it's until you are convicted you're just not going to enjoy the sport as a fan if you're constantly asking questions until anything happens and i mm-hmm. think it's unfair to her to not just be enjoying the show that she is putting on that's my opinion i also grew up watching professional wrestling uh, we're yankee fans growing up yankee and fans.
0: like we, i mean The fact Roger Clemens and Andy Pettit don't taint really the 2000 world series for me, but, uh, I just, I I, I think, (laughs) well, I
1: think I get a, I get a lot of knocks in the, you know, the track and field world for being acidic. And I actually think that it's the idealist in me that is so frustrated by wanting to see the best in people coming into the sport And not being able to overcome this nagging feeling of, like, she's so talented. She's so charismatic. Mm -hmm. She's clearly so well-equipped to be this, you know, kind of bright light for the next decade of American sprinting. So go to someone else. Please, please go to someone else. So I don't have to feel weird about rooting for you all right we'll
0: go to kyle with our last point before we close out the show oh this is not a
2: good point to close i was just gonna say we gotta have her on david's pod (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh that's the
1: other thing is she's she announced today she is openly queer and i love that and i want to stand her so hard but it's just it's again we're judged by the company we keep and I just really really wish she kept different company.
2: Well, it's lonely at the top, David. That's what you don't get.
1: <laughs> it's it's less lonely than it should be. I wish it was lonely. If she was self-coached, I would have no problem.
2: Chris, you I'll, we'll give you the final word. Those were not good final words.
0: No, I mean it it was it was exciting to see just how she got the crowd going at Hayward Field. I uh, there's still no reason for me to kind of you know throw an asterisk on all these sort of performances or anything like that i just think what we're in for is going to be really special in tokyo especially because it's shelly Frazier fraser price elaine also thompson and you know uh elaine thompson against shikari richardson blessing okay Akbari. shikari shikari i'm sorry um
1: but yeah
2: I don't think that she's doing anything right now that isn't on the trajectory that she wasn't already on since her freshman year at LSU. I agree with that too.
1: I also think again I am just glad she made I don't want to be the decide. bad guy in this equation. I will uh, maybe the closing we need, thought is exactly this, which okay. is that the women's hundred is so exciting right now. And that's and I'm arguably more excited for it than any other sprint event. And that's just gonna be fun to watch. And it's gonna it's gonna come with questions and complications but it's interesting and con- i mean you know for better or worse controversy is interesting and it makes the sport fun to follow track is not
0: boring <laughs> track is not boring and that's something we've learned every single day of this week whether every it's single off the track. days <laughs> <laughs> of was, this week whether it was off the track or
1: has anyone else lived six months in the last two days because <laughs> that's
0: that's how we're feeling all right, well, stick with us. We'll be back with Trials Talk with Chris and Kyle tomorrow. Uh, another episode. We've got, I guess, eight. Uh, no, wait. We've got, I can't even count how many we have left. We but
2: have no idea. We're just going to, if anyone ever stops by the house one morning while we we're eating breakfast, we might tape a pod. A
0: couple special guests all throughout the week, so stay tuned for more here on the City Smack Podcast Network and this entire series is presented by tracksmith go ahead and use promo code sidious at checkout for 10% off all your orders it doesn't have to be a first-time order i know you have some tracksmith stuff on you you might be wearing it right now while you're listening to this we'll get yourself some more 10% off use code sidious at checkout all right that's it for me have a good night or good morning if you're listening to this on your morning run uh that's it